everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, founder of Wengard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. Now, Again, if you've been impacted by these messages and you'd like to partner with us, please text the word GIVE to 844-333-7227. Now, have you been asking yourself what's going to happen if the money systems in the world fail? If you haven't thought about it yet, there's a good chance that you will come across that question very soon. Now, the people that are currently making the decisions to print money and just pump it into our system are either total fools or, more likely, they have an evil intent to take down this country. Now, what they either don't realize or they simply don't believe is that the children of God are not subject to any system of this world. We have a currency system that is far more powerful and secure than anything that they can offer. Today, I want to talk with you about trust, God's kingdom currency. Now, this last week, I spoke at multiple venues about walking in God's authority. So if you haven't seen or heard those messages, be sure to go back and get them as well. The things I'm talking about today are built upon walking in in the authority that Jesus paid for. So be sure you have a good understanding of that. Now, it, it has been on my heart, though, that taking our rightful place is only the beginning of being effective here on the earth now. We need to know how to bring the kingdom of heaven to bear on the activities happening around us. Our physical presence here is the only thing that keeps the actions of evil at bay. You know, they're illegal and they know it. And they will continue to act against us if we allow them to. But it is up to us to put a stop to it. It is up to us to say no. That's illegal. And by the authority given to us, we're going to stop this. Okay? I'd like to start out, though, by talking about some verses that really seem to be misunderstood many times when people read the Bible. In Luke 16.10, Jesus said, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in that which is least is unjust also in much. So, the question that I'd like to ask you is, what comes to your mind when you think about being faithful in that which is least? Or, I guess, of lowest importance. Most people apply this verse to what they've considered to be, I guess, the easiest to get or acquire for themselves, or maybe what they think affects the least amount of people. But I'd like to read it here, and I'd like to see exactly what Jesus is talking about. This is uh, verses 1 through 13 of Luke 16. He also said to his disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him, and he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, Take your bill, and sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then he said to another, How much do you owe? So he said, A hundred measures of wheat. 
And then he said to him, take your bill and, and write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. Now listen to this verse. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, I don't know if you've read these verses before, if you've gone through them, if you've heard anyone uh, talk about them, but uh, as I was reading through this, the Lord gave me a new understanding of this. And it's, it really informs where we need to be in this understanding of taking our authority and how do we use it here on the earth. So did you notice what Jesus said in verse 9? He says, Make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. This is the interpretation of what the Lord gave me. He's saying, use the currency of this world around you to make an eternal difference in someone's life, and they will be your friend for all of eternity. Do you understand? In other words, he's saying, trade the money that you have for kingdom trust, and it will last forever. This is a currency exchange, and it requires the condition of your heart to be one of trust for the Father. So this is what Jesus is saying here immediately after the verse about being faithful in that which is least. He says, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So just so we're clear here, the word mammon is referring specifically to money and the controlling spirit around it. Now, I know that Money may not even be a popular message to talk about, but I'm telling you, this is a key. We have to understand this, or we will not know how to take our authority and bring it to bear here. So God has been highlighting this to me in a very big way. Why is it that money is considered the least or the most basic thing in the kingdom of God? It all comes down to a matter of trust. Who or what do you trust to take care of your needs, of your wants, of your desires? Is it your family or friends? Is it the government? Is it your own ability to earn the money? I want you to be honest and examine your own heart. Who or what do you trust the most? Now, the next question that comes to mind with verse 11 is this. If money is considered the most basic element in the kingdom of God, then what are the true riches that Jesus is talking about? The true riches, then, are the other things that Jesus died on the cross for. See, he died on the cross for multiple things, and he mentioned them all in Luke uh, 4, verses 18 and 19. It's a common uh, set of verses where Jesus is quoting Isaiah, and uh, maybe you've memorized them, but I want you to think of this. They are listed out specifically and in order. So he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel 
to the poor. Number one, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So let's talk about what each of these things mean. The true riches, then, is everything mentioned after number one, the gospel to the poor. So what is the gospel to the poor? If you take a, a person with needs, a poor person, the gospel or good news to someone with needs is provision for their needs, period. The gospel to the poor is money, provision, answers like that. Physical provision. What is uh, heal, to, to heal the brokenhearted? I would say it's emotional healing or relationships, relational healing. To proclaim liberty to the captives would be freedom from religion and legalism or even physical captivity. Recovery of sight to the blind would be obviously physical healing, but also seeing with the eyes of your heart. Recovery of sight to the blind in heart. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, I would say, is deliverance from demonic oppression. And then to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord is unmerited grace and favor for blessing. See, that is the good news. That is what Jesus died on the cross for. So he is saying, Jesus is saying, if you are not faithful with bringing the gospel to the poor, then who will commit to your trust the true riches of emotional healing, of freedom from religion and legalism, of physical healing or deliverance from demonic oppression? Who will commit to your trust the true riches? Now, you see, the number one test of where you place your trust is, what are you willing to give? See, trust is all indicated by giving. This is why the kingdom of God only works with kingdom-minded individuals. It, it doesn't make sense to someone in the world. They say, well, that, that, that doesn't compute. That's not logical. And yes, it is not logical, but it is kingdom awareness, kingdom understanding. Faithfulness in the kingdom of God is not scraping together all the money you can and, and saving it for hard times. It's, it's not, you know, you, you could say, well, for doomsday, it's not just money. It's any provision, scraping it together, holding on to it for myself. That's not the kingdom of God. The, the only way to truly save money in the kingdom of God is to give it away. So the true currency in the kingdom of God is not money, but trust. Now, I want to take you to another set of verses in Matthew, where Jesus used the word mammon again. This is Matthew 6, uh, starting in verse 19. So, remember what mammon is referring to. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice the trust. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. And if your eye is bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, 
nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So did you notice there in verse 31, he says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Is that not the question of someone in the world? Is that not the question of someone, if I can say it this way, that would be poor and not have those things provided? Is that not the consideration that any person with a physical need would be asking? What are we going to do? How can I get that? The question is very logical. It's very natural to say, what, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do? And he's saying, don't worry about it. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all of these things, and specifically the things, clothing, food, provision, all of these things will be added to you. Now you have to trust him. See, you can't take these verses and apply them unless there is absolute trust in your heart. This is why the currency of the, of the kingdom is trust. Jesus says in verse 20, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He doesn't say that we shouldn't have treasures anywhere. He does say, though, where we should store them up. The key to all of these verses, then, is verse 33, of course. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So then all these things. See, it's not about the things. It's about where our trust is, and then he will take care of you. Now, this does not mean that, really, the choice is always ours of where we give our money or possessions. See, the way we transfer from the, the kingdom of this world to the kingdom of God is by giving. But you don't just make that decision on your own. See, it's not your money. In reality, the, all of the things that you have are the property of your heavenly father, the king. And as a steward of his money and possessions, you follow his direction of where to give it. This is why it requires a relationship with him. When you have a relationship with him, then you will know what he wants to do. You can ask him and he says, do this with it or do that. And when you follow his direction, I promise you, it works out awesome. All these things are then added to you. But you have to do what the, what the king says, what your heavenly father says. So the attitude of giving truly forces each one of us to choose. Are we going to trust the money to meet our needs and, and you know, hold tightly onto it? Are, or are we going to trust our heavenly father and freely give where he directs us to? The kingdom of God is all about choices. And he will never force us to choose the right thing. He does, however, make it very clear that if we choose to hold on selfishly to money or possessions, we have chosen our master. 
and no man can serve two masters. So you will only serve one. And when you choose, it will put you in that line and you cannot serve both God and mammon or money and the spirit, the controlling spirit around it. So true riches of the kingdom are given to those who have chosen to trust the king as their master. See, trust is the currency of the kingdom. Now, if you're willing to ask the king, then, for an opportunity of where you can plant some seed that will produce an abundant harvest, I have something actually for you to ask him about. It's something that the Lord has put on my heart, actually on the hearts of some other men who've come to me lately, that he wants me to start another organization alongside of Wengard Ministries. And you'll hear more about this. I'll talk about it a little bit more as we go along, but I've had several dreams over the last years, actually, of airplanes with the word hope painted on the side of them. And I, I knew even at the time that this will be coming in, in the fairly near future. But what I didn't know is that he already had the people and the infrastructure in place to do it now. I didn't realize that we would be in, in this world uh, situation. When, when the Lord put, first put this on my heart, it seemed like a, a, an amazing and unique idea. And yet, now, in the situations that we find ourselves now, it is, it is necessary. So I, I'm right in the middle of forming this organization, and the organization is called Flights for Hope. Now, it'll be a nonprofit uh, that uses aircraft to transport ministry teams and individuals to advance the kingdom of God, instead of being subject to the transport systems of this world. So. Our initial seed goal will pay for attorney fees, website, logo design, flight certification, registration, marketing materials, and, and, and those type of things to present the vision to other ministries and businesses and private individuals. So when people see the vision and understand it, then they will be able to understand, ah, this is taking the, the systems that we have in this world and using them to advance the kingdom of God. Now. We'll include the donation link here, but in case you're listening and, and you would just type this in, just go to donorbox.org forward slash flights dash four, F-O-R dash hope. So donorbox.org slash flights for hope. Now, again, if you feel called by the Lord to be part of this, we welcome you and we'll be praying for an abundant harvest as a return. If not, please be praying for us. Please be part of this in some way that the kingdom of God would come to bear on the systems of this world. Now remember, the true riches of the kingdom of God are available to everyone who will be faithful with that which is least. Thank you so much for joining me again today. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you.